Hello and you're very welcome to the Life Changes podcast brought to you by Westmeath Libraries and supported by Creative Ireland. Over the course of this 10-part series, we'll be talking to local people from all walks of life about various changes they've made and how those decisions have enriched and improved the quality of their lives. You'll hear interesting stories from all sorts of people sharing their own unique and inspiring reflections on new directions. At the age of 95, Kitty Flynn has seen, heard and experienced more than most. In the final instalment of the Life Changes podcast series, Anne-Marie Kelly travelled to Kilbegan to discuss her many and varied experiences over time. How do I describe myself? Well, I'm 95 now, and um, I went through various stages, you know, from school, secondary school, then to work, and uh, then home here looking after my mother. When she died, I still remained here. I'm living with my brother-in-law, Noel Moore, and he was married to my sister, Teresa. And Noel and Teresa and I lived here together. And she was killed in an accident, a road accident, in 1993, I think. So after that, anyway, Noel and I still live here together. And he's my carer and looks after me and brings me out in the wheelchair now, I don't go many places. Mm. When you were a young girl growing up in Quebecan, was it? Yes. Did you ever have a feeling to know what you wanted to be when you grew up? No, I didn't think that at all, no. When we were in secondary school, there were all, not all that many options for women. Yeah. You know, there was either to go teaching or to go nursing. I think I left school during the 1940s, left secondary. So you're talking post-Second World War, anyway? Yeah. Oh, yes, after mm. the war, yeah. Would you have any memories of the war? Well, you know, people often say, where were you when such a thing happened? But I remember very well, I remember extremely well the day that uh, Britain declared war on Germany, and I know where I was. I was over in the market square. This uh, friend of mine, Phyllis Cooney, she came out of her house, and she told me her father had heard it on the wireless that Chamberlain had declared war on Germany. I remember that distinctly, very, very well. When did you go to England? You went to England then, obviously, to get work, did you? Yes. In the 40s or 50s, was it? It was in the 40s, late 40s, yes. Right. I got an appointment with somebody in Ireland. I think I must have answered to that, maybe. Yeah. And I was selected... Oh. to go to train as a nurse in a certain hospital. Oh, very good. And uh, they arranged everything for me. I didn't have to apply to the hospital or anything. They arranged everything. Uh, before I went, whoever had accepted me for tra- nurse training, they arranged that I would have a medical examination here in Ireland, which I had where, where maybe it was home here, maybe in Tullamore, I forget. But everything was perfect, very, very good results for my medical examination. Right. Then when I went over to England and I went to the hospital that they had selected for me, I had another medical examination. And they turned me down. Now, it didn't mean that I had to leave the hospital because the matron there 
give me a job in the hospital. I was in the almoner's office and on the telephone and all that kind of thing. Oh, I see. So that was quite pleasant. Yes. Yeah. You yeah. didn't have to deal with blood. No, no, no. I didn't have to. I was... Uh, she she said, oh, that's too bad now. You didn't uh, pass the medical. Well, she said, we'll give you a job here in the hospital. Very good. Yeah. So that was a nice result as it well. It was, yeah. yeah. Did you stay long in London then? Oh, I must have stayed maybe seven or eight years. Okay. And were you, did you make friends? Were you happy? Oh, I did. I loved it. I absolutely loved London. Did you, yeah. Yes. And I met my future sister-in-law uh, while we were there. And we, we, we became great friends. And we went around a lot, visited the National Gallery. We used to go very, very frequently, sometimes once a week. And she was also, she was a very cultured girl, and she was also very musical, and introduced me to a lot of classical music, and brought me to uh, concerts and so on, and the, was it the Royal Albert Hall, yes. places like that. Great. You know? Yes. So when you were back from, you emigrated back home again? Yeah, I came home permanently. Maybe to look after my mother, probably. Did you look after her for long? Well, she died in 1982. I was looking after her for a good while. You she were? developed Parkinson's. Oh, I see. Oh, she was a wonderful person, though. Mm. Oh, she was wonderful. Right up to the very end. What did you do when you came back then? Did you work in Ireland or did you, were you her full-time no, carer? I tell you what, you know where Noel has a shop out there? Next yes. door, my mother had a restaurant. Oh. And I worked with that. In that for years in what? the restaurant. Oh no, we used to do everything. We used to cook and and service and all that kind yeah, of thing. It was yeah. quite enjoyable as long as it lasted. The lovely social element. I'd yeah. Say. Oh, there is. You meet you meet so many people. Mm. I remember one time we met Butch Moore, the singer. <laughs> so when did you start collecting Irish history and writing about it? It wasn't Irish history as such, just local history. Okay. Okay, back and you know, and. One of the first things we did was with a friend of mine, Stan McCormick, who's a brilliant historian in Kilbegan, mm. we wrote about Kilbegan in 1798 because there was a rising here in Kilbegan. Was it? Yeah, very unusual because how it came about was a man named John McManus was the United Irishman leader for South West Mead and he lived in Kilbegan and of course... A lot of people became enthusiastic about United Irishmen and all that kind of thing. So they had their own rising here. Right. In, I think it was June 1798. And so Stan McCormick and I wrote a book about it. Right. So that whet your appetite, did it? Yes, and we became interested then in local history. Mm -hmm. And I've written a lot of articles about local history in Quebec. And all of them are in the library. When did you go back to college? How old were you? College? Oh, I didn't go back to college until I was well in my 80s when I went back. I think it was 2009. I was five years in college altogether. The first year was we did a diploma in family and social affairs. Yeah. When we had the diploma done, we went down to um, Galway University and we... we got our parchments or whatever you call them there by the president of Galway. <laughs> and then when we had that done, they asked us, would we be interested in doing a degree? And most of us, 
What's the subject food? I was very friendly with a girl from uh, Mary Kavanagh from Mullingar and another girl, Angela Dunn from Clonmelon, and there were three people on that loan I was friendly with. And as a group, we said, oh, yes, we must have got the degree then. 2014, we got the... We were That's given great. our degrees. A degree in what? And we got the degrees in, in uh, social and family affairs. How did you take it all in? Well, I, I just loved it. I absolutely loved it. And I was talking recently to a girl from Adlone that did it with me, uh, Mary Redden. And Mary said it was the best time of our lives. Really? Yeah, it was lovely. Is it because um, people just think that when you're at a certain age, you're not going to be able for it? We didn't find it difficult at all. When you we, love something, I suppose. Oh, we really lo- we love doing it. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you think it's kept you alive for so long, that knowledge? Uh, I suppose that's not that just alone. I suppose a combination of a lot of things, you know. Keeping your mind busy. Yeah, being, being interested in things in Kilbegan as well. Now, for instance... In 2005, we set up here a branch of active retirement. Now, we called it Young at Heart. (laughs) And we held meetings once a week up in, I don't know whether you know where our training centre is, Sweets it's called, it's up up the street. We held held our meetings there once a week from 3 o'clock till 5. And what they were about mainly was... We we uh, meeting one another first of all and chatting about our lives and so on, and we did bingo, a little kind of a mini bingo. Yeah. And we also learned new skills. For instance, a lot of people learned how to crochet and embroider, and they learned how to paint, that kind of thing. Learning new skills. That's fantastic. Yeah, I, it, was, I, it was wonderful. Yeah. No, the final question I'll ask you, right? If I was to ask you for tips on getting older, what should we not do? Well, I'll tell you one thing you should do. I won't tell you what you're not to do. (laughs) But some years ago, I was reading an article in the newspaper. It's in the London Times, actually. I used to read them every week. Dr. Shuttleworth was his name. And he he said in one of the articles that the best way to stave off dementia was ballroom dancing. Now, it's not chess, it's not crosswords, it's not quizzes, anything like that. Ballroom dancing? Ballroom dancing, <laughs> yeah. Why is that? I suppose you're, you're, it's a combination of concentration, yeah. movement, yes, and Using your memory to remember the steps and notes and everything. Like Were you a dancer? What? No, I didn't use it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I'm always telling my brother-in-law, Noel goes ballroom dancing. Busy, yeah. Well, he goes now. He didn't go during the pandemic, of course. But I'm always delighted when he goes ballroom dancing, you know. Yeah. Best way of staving off dementia. Do you hold on to any bad memories or do you let them go? No, I don't, wouldn't hold on to them, no. Not really. You've no regrets? Well, I suppose you have regrets about some things, you know. But they don't dominate my life anymore, you know. 
We all have some regrets, you know. We do, yeah. As you get older, the regrets seem to have less significance, don't they? You don't regret not having a family? I would have liked to have had a family, but I didn't get married. But my, as I say, my sister has two children, and I'm very fond of them. One of them is Margaret, who's in Barcelona. The other is John, who lives over in Rahan. And then my brother in Mullingar, who died maybe about five years ago, he had a, a couple of children as well. And then I had a brother in England, my brother Bill. He was married. This to my best friend, as I told you, yes. when I was in the hospital. Mm. He had a son as well. But you devoted yourself to your mother as well. Yes, I did. I looked after her. Yeah. Do you know, she was easy to look after. She had such a lovely disposition, you know. Well, you sacrificed, though, doing that. I didn't feel that I was sacrificing anything. But just that I was here and she was there. But you have good memories of it. Yeah, I have, yes. Mm.